Hello and welcome to Unbiased. I'm your host, Michael Hairston. I greatly appreciate you tuning in today. There are a lot of things vying for your attention and time, yet you chose to spend a few minutes listening to the words of wisdom and experience that I'm going to share today, and I do not take that for granted. So let's get into today's topic as we talk about things that can help empower your decisions and spark your conversation concerning personal finance. All right. I hope everyone's doing well. I want to continue on with uh, the topic that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, which is fear, greed and investing and how to navigate. And in the last episode, we discussed how fear, greed impact the financial markets and the subsequent impact on investment decisions and timing. And I want to continue with this topic by navigating fear and greed by going in depth on how both fear and greed show their collective heads in the investment world. So for clarity's sake, when I say investment world, I do mean the entirety of the investment world and all investment options. See, because fear and greed uh, are universal and they exist in all types of investment options. So what we're talking about today is general in nature and universally applicable. So let me give you an example. Let's say you have investment A that you've run across either through personal due diligence or by a recommendation. You know, we all got that that friend that knows everything about investing and they're always giving us recommendations. So you run across this investment and this investment, you start to monitor it and you see that it starts to increase in value rather quickly. So you think to yourself, oh, shoot, let me invest in A and you go out and you go do it. So in a short time, the value of your investment has grown significantly. So now the question is, what's next? And this is where greed starts to show up because the natural and immediate tendency is to buy more of the same investment since it's increasing in value and it's doing well. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let me continue to keep investing more into it. So you buy more and continue buying on the upswing. So, but when the same investment starts to decline in value and not as rapidly as it increased, but it's dropping in value nonetheless, the the question you have to ask yourself is what's next? And this is where fear kicks in because if the investment continues to drop in value, the fear the fear of loss can cause you or push you to sell the entire investment. And usually on the downswing, that's where investment activity ceases and selling takes place more frequently. Now, what I just described as far as buying on the upswing and then selling on the downswing, this is what I just described is called the investment cycle. And this example that I just uh, verbally talked about is a oversimplification of the investment cycle. In fact, what I encourage you to do is follow us on Facebook. And on Facebook, there is a graph that I put out that that clearly defines the investment cycle in greater detail. But today I'm going to use this oversimplification of an investment cycle because I want to because I want to illustrate two important key points. And the first point is to illustrate what do you think when your investments dramatically change in value? And B, how do you determine what is the appropriate action to take? And I bring up these two points to spark your thoughts regarding your investment activity and decision process during the investment cycle. Because remember, what you think is what you do. And what you do is who you are. That goes back to our podcast, Think Wealth and Get Wealth. You know, so to me, investing is supposed to be a business transaction. And we've all heard this saying before, it's business never personal. We've we've said it ourselves. We might have heard it in movies. And we might have laughed at it when people might have said it to us. It's business never personal. Well, investing to me, it, it sometimes can get personal. It can get hyper personal. And this is where fear and greed can come in because fear and greed are personal activities that can block good 
business decisions. So you want to acknowledge these factors, recognize their existence and the potential influence on your business. Then you want to eliminate and lessen the impact on your business. Because if you don't make good business decisions, you can't make money. So how do you acknowledge, recognize and eliminate the presence of fear and greed in the investment world or in your investment decisions? And quite frankly, you have you have to have a process in place to make investment decisions. That's why in the previous episode, I mentioned the importance of an investment strategy. When you set an investment strategy, there's a lot of great things that come from that. But one of the most powerful outcomes about a strategy is it should help you determine return on investment limits. That's both the ceiling, that is the acceptable return, and then also the floor, an acceptable loss. And setting those limits are are very, very important. And today I'm going to expound on this important point in greater detail. And the point, again, we're going to expound upon is return on investment limits. And let me explain uh, what I discussed last time and give you a brief review from our last podcast. Return on investment limits are acceptable return on investment that is either your highest gain that you find to be acceptable to you or your lowest acceptable loss. And you should set these these limits before you start investing. You you know you better than anybody else. You know if you are a ultra conservative person or you are ultra aggressive. So you can have an idea in your mind what you find to be an acceptable gain and then also what what is your lowest acceptable loss because every investment is not going to hit. You're going to have some that gain in value and do extremely well and you're going to have some that will experience a loss. So you want to know what that range is and knowing that range is very important because it enables you to monitor the progress of your investment decisions and then determine if the investment is meeting your personal standard and helping you achieve your overall investment plans. Now, when the rate of return limits are set, they should force you to stop and ask yourself two important questions. As I bring this back to today's conversation about navigating fear, and specifically when you see fear and greed happening in your investment cycle, knowing your rate of return limits, they should force you to stop and ask two important questions. Do I cease my investment activity when I, when I am above my ceiling, when I've achieved the gain that I find to be acceptable? Or if I'm below it and I'm at my floor and I'm, I'm at my at right about the point that I find to be an acceptable loss, do I cease my investment activity? Or the second question you should ask is what process do I put in place to help make that decision? Don't rely on market activity to determine your course of action. Don't rely on the upswings and the downswings of the market to determine when you get in and when you get out. You will lose more than you win. Remember, fear and greed are uncontrollable factors that are always at work in the marketplace. And these factors cause people to behave irrational at times. And you don't want to behave irrational because when you behave irrationally, that messes with your your business and then it also messes with your money. What you want to do is you want to profit from fear and greed, but you don't want to be sucked into the mayhem they cause. And that mayhem is market chaos and volatility. But how do you profit when there's fear and greed in the marketplace and there's market chaos and volatility? Well, let's go back to that oversimplified investment cycle example that I was discussing a few minutes ago. So remember, investment A was shooting up in value after the initial investment was made. And at some point, the investor is faced with the dilemma, do I buy more or do I sell out? And if you immediate, if your immediate thought is to buy more because it's going up, I need you to stop. Don't do it. Right here is where you want to recognize that greed may be influencing the decision. 
because the reasoning behind the thought to buy more is because it's going up and that's greed talking or potentially that could be greed talking. So instead of just reacting to the market and going to buy more because it's going up, force yourself to stop and ask a couple questions just for starters. Number one, what's driving the increase in value? Then two, is it general market conditions, industry dynamics? Is it company specific news? Three, is it is the upswing that you're seeing in the market? Is it sustainable? Either because of something that's happened within the market, the general market, something that's happened in a specific industry, or is it something company specific? You know, are there a lot of new buyers in the market? Because a lot of new buyers can drive the prices up on things. So there's a lot of new buyers that are jumping in. And lastly, the most important question that you want to ask is, if investment has gone, gone, has been going up in value is how much money have I made already? Specifically, am I at my ceiling? And that goes back to knowing the range that we talked about, because let's say you exceeded your ceiling and that ceiling is your acceptable ROI. Again, stop to ask yourself, do I wish to continue to expose the ROI obtained to date to additional market risk or should I take some or all the profit made off the table, either by partial liquidation or by leverage? Remember, this is a business. You want to make money. So you always want to buy low and sell high to make money in investment because, again, it's a business and you're in the business to make money. So if your investments is grown in value, that's a good thing. But you got to ask yourself, have you seized any of the return obtained to date? Then, And if you haven't because you haven't sold, then you truly haven't made real money. What you have is an asset that's appreciating in value, and that's a good thing. That's a paper return. At some point, you, what you want is an actual cash return. And, that's, and when I say cash, that's, that means that you have taken the time to seize some of the appreciation and seized it by selling and turning it into actual dollars that are actually earned. Now, I'll get into that in a deeper conversation at a later date because I could really go deep into that. But just know that there's a difference between an asset that's just appreciated in value, that is a paper rate of return or rate of return on investment. And there's a difference between that and an actual earned return. But like I said, I'll get into that a little bit more. Now, there are a lot of reasons you may not want to sell. And there's a whole lot of reasons. And I'm not saying that you have to sell an investment just because it grows in value. I'm merely stating that selling is a viable option and that you should always consider it, especially as an asset is appreciating in value especially if it's appreciating rapidly. And if you consider this option fairly, then greed doesn't heavily influence future investment decisions or timing. So that's enough on greed, and let me get to, to, let me get to fear. Go back to investment A. So investment A that was growing so, so rapidly in value, and you've opted to hold on and keep riding the wave. Let's say that that same investment starts to decrease. It starts to decrease slow at first, then more rapidly. So you're faced with a dilemma. What do you do? Do I sell or do I hold out? Now, if your immediate thought is to sell because it's decreasing, then you got to stop. Don't do it. Right here is what you want to recognize. Right here is what you want to, to stop and recognize that fear may be influencing the investment decision. Now, I get it. No one wants to lose money. I get that a thousand percent. But just because it's decreasing doesn't necessarily mean you're losing you got to engage in the due diligence process by revisiting your investment strategy and asking the same thought-provoking questions that I've mentioned uh, when the investments are increasing in value. You know, is it the investment specific or is it the marketplace? Is there something happening that's driving the change in value? 
Is it company specific news? Is the downswing likely to continue? Are there a lot of new a lot of new sellers in the market? And the last thing you need to ask yourself is, how much money have I actually lost at this point? That's important. You want to know how much money you have actually lost at this point, and you want to, again because you want to know your range. And let's say you've exceeded your floor, and that's your acceptable loss. You got to stop and ask yourself: Do I wish to continue, take a pause, or exit completely? Now remember, the goal of investing is buying low and selling high. Markets will drop. Investments will drop in value. Why? Partly just due to fear and panic. And you don't want to get sucked into that mayhem and react just because fear and panic and greed exist in the marketplace. No, you want to have a process to kind of walk you through so you can navigate it. And you want to be able to make money. But you also just don't want to buy just because it's low. Now, I see this happen a lot where there's an investment that has dropped in value and uh, people will think, okay, well, it's, you know, this particular investment is, is now at a, at a cheaper price. Let me get in and start to buy. No, you want to make your investment decisions free of the influence of fear by re-engaging in investment due diligence. And you might find that investment A, you know, if you go through the due diligence process, it's still worthy. So now you can continue to buy even while it's low, at a lower price because you still have confidence in investment A. And you're not just buying, merely buying just because the price is low. So to summarize, fear and greed are always at work. You have to acknowledge the presence of the investment cycle, acknowledge their their presence in the investment cycle. Fear and greed are always going to be at work in the investment cycle when the market's going up and when the market's going down. So you have to know that they're always at work, but you need to eliminate the influence of fear and greed in your investment decisions. You're in the business of making money. It's never personal, only business. So your mind has to be free of as many external and internal influences as possible so a sound business decision can be made. No matter where the investment cycle is moving, whether it's moving up or whether it's moving down, the activity of investing should not be solely motivated by fear and greed. You should profit from it, though. That means you're buying low and selling high according to your standard and to execute proficiently. Proficiently, you have to have a sound investment strategy, clearly understanding investment risk and return, plus thought-provoking market and investment-specific questions that can help you see clearly the investment choices that you're making and then also what's going on in the market. So there's more to come on investment, asset allocation, risk and reward, and and a, and a detailed discussion on rates of return. We'll, we'll get on that a little bit later, so stay tuned for more And if you aren't following us on Facebook, please do so. Go to Unbiased Money and like us and post any comments or questions, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks for your time. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you for tuning in today to this episode of Unbiased. I hope today's conversation empowered your decisions and sparked your conversation or maybe even sparked a different thought concerning your personal finances. And I greatly appreciate you again tuning in today. Feel free to reach out to me uh, via social media. My Twitter handle is Hairston, that's H-A-I-R-S-T-O-N underscore Mike. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Michael G. Hairston, MBA. Or you can reach out to me via email at Michael at Alpha Financial. That's one word, dot com. Again, that's email is Michael at alphafinancial.com. Thank you very much, and I will look forward to speaking to you again soon.